Thank you for listening to the Soul City Church podcast. Be sure to follow us on our Facebook and Instagram at Soul City Church. For more information, visit us on our website, soulcitychurch.com. Welcome to Soul City, everybody. It is good. Good to be together. Uh, For those of you that I don't know, my name is Jeannie Stevens. I have the privilege of being one of the founding lead pastors here at Soul City, and I heard the coolest story this last week, and I thought, I have got to tell you. Do you want to hear a cool story? Yeah? Uh, do you want to hear a cool story? There you go. There you go. Okay, so, so here's the thing. At the height of COVID, uh, April 2020, go back there in your mind for a minute, right? None of you want to go back there. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. Play Sweet Caroline again. <clears throat> So it's April 2020, and we start this new partnership with uh, an amazing organization called Heartland Alliance, and they do uh, some incredible work here in Chicago, specifically to respond to the gun violence in our city. And, And we started partnering with them on something called Ready Chicago. And what Ready Chicago does is that when someone returns home from jail or from prison, it's a really vulnerable moment in their life. And Heartland comes alongside with support so that they can have the very best start to their new journey. Now, Ready Chicago uh, came to us and asked if Soul City would put together welcome home packages for men and women leaving jail, leaving prison. Uh, And this became an extension of our resources through the House of Hope. And and we began putting together items. Uh, Here's one of the packs. I, I wanted to bring it to show it to you. And so we started putting together unique items, okay? Every single, every single one of the things in here is unique to the individual. Um, and, and we put things like household items, like towels and toiletries. Uh, we found out people's sizes and then the kinds of new clothes that they needed or new shoes that they needed, uh, very specific to, you know, their preference. We included uh, grocery gift cards and transit cards. Uh, if it was during wintertime, we would include warm items so that they could stay warm, right? And, and since we started started partnering with Ready. This is what I found out this last week. This is a cool part of the story. Uh, We have provided over 100, 100 of these welcome home packages to people. Isn't that awesome? I should say 104 to be exact. Uh, 104 people have had their immediate needs met because of you, because of your Generosity, Soul City. Now, each one of these packs, uh, it's roughly around $250 or so, give or take. Uh, But more importantly, uh, these packages, what they have done, these welcome home gifts have actually opened up relationships uh, with these different men and women. And many have come back to the House of Hope. And we've been able to come alongside to help them seek new employment, to meet with a volunteer advocate. And this package, Last Sunday, I got to meet two amazing guys from Ready Chicago, one that works with Ready and gives out these welcome home packages. And then I met another guy that received one. And it was just an amazing, amazing moment. Such a cool 
story. Uh, listen, if you were here last week, you remember it was pouring rain, and so 290 was flooded, but I just, I drove home, I floated home with joy, right? Uh, which is hard to do, because it's 290, uh, and I just knew, I just knew I had to tell you this story, because this is who you are. This is what your giving does here. And I just wanted to say thank you. Thank you, Soul City, for the ways that you are impacting the lives of people that you will never meet. Thank you for the ways that you are making our city better. Thank you for trusting God with what God has entrusted to you. And so I'm just so moved by how God is using our partnership with Ready Chicago and how God is using you. And, you know, I just had to say, uh, if you have not started a giving journey, I want to let you know this is just a part. This is just a part of what your giving to Soul City is doing in our city. And, and I hope that you may perhaps take a step Trust God with what he has entrusted to you. So our host team, they're going to come. We're going to pass our little plastic, our buckets, uh, if you like to give that way. We have these giving kiosks out in the lobby, if you'd like to give that way. And honestly, uh, the way that we give, we just give online uh, because it is the easiest and um, helps us stay consistent and it helps Soul City be good stewards. So, well, I am excited. I'm excited about our message today, okay? I was walking around my kitchen on Friday. Nobody was home. Nobody was home. And I was given the message to myself. And as I was given the message to myself, I was given myself some amens and some hallelujahs. So I'm here to tell you I'm ready. And I just want to know, are you ready? Okay. All right. All right. We're ready. We're ready. I know Tamara. Tamara is ready in the front row and Zoe is right there behind her. So... All right, let's pray and we will jump into it. Jesus, Jesus, thank you. Man, I just thank you for what you are doing through our partnership with Heartland, through Ready Chicago, for the ways that you are moving um, in our city. God, thank you for this church. Thank you for these people. And Lord, I pray, I pray, I pray. I pray that the words that you have given to me today, God, that they would be used by you that you would speak, that your Holy Spirit would move, and God, we would experience supernatural change in our lives. We love you, and we pray this in the name of Jesus, and all God's people said, amen. Well, last Sunday, uh, after the service, my friend Sandy, she was sitting right about here, uh, uh, she was at the 9 a.m. service, and we found one another in the prayer hall, and we started chatting, uh, and, and she, she came up to me, and she said, um, Jeannie, I just got to tell you, everything in me did not want to come this week. I, I, love, I love when people start conversations with a confession, right? Uh, and she just started instantly with a confession. She said, I knew it was going to rain. I had a lot on my plate. Uh, I had all my reasons why I didn't need to go to church. And what do you know? Um, I came anyways because I promised to attend the House of Hope kickoff where I'm serving. And I just have to say, I know why I came. Because that message was for me. You know what that's like, don't you? (laughs) You know what that's like when you're like, oh gosh, this one's for me. This one's for me. I I once actually had somebody come up to me. This is hilarious. I had somebody come up to me and say, 
you know, my spouse wasn't here today, um, but that message was for them. <laughs> and I, I, don't know, I don't know if you would be willing, um, but if, you know, here's their number. If you could just give them a call this week and, and read your sermon to them. Um, now, this is not a, not a service I provide. Um, <laughs> But, but listen, I've listened to messages, and, and I have walked out, and I have gone, oh my gosh, that message was for me. And you know how I usually know? Because I'm uncomfortable. Th- that's how I know. That's how I know a message is for me. And so at the very start of this, before we open up God's word, I want to let you know I have an uncomfortable word today. I have an uncomfortable word. And, and I want you to know, I want you to know at the start of this, this message is for you. This message is for you. I want you to turn to the person next to you and I want you to look them in the eyes with your very best voice and I want you to say, this message is for you. Firmly, boldly. Now I want you to turn to the other person and I want you to look them in the eyes and I want you to say, this message is definitely for you. Okay? This message is definitely for you. Those of you worshiping with us online, just put it in the chat. This message is for you. And listen, friends, the title of today's message, it's really fancy. You ready for it? This message is for you. It's the title. It's the title of the message. And here is my crazy, audacious only God prayer. My prayer is that 100% of every person here, 100% of every person worshiping online, 100% of every person that listens to this podcast later will hear God's voice and will do whatever God invites them to do. That is my prayer. And the reason I believe 100% of us need this message is I believe that 100% of us, we are in some kind of transition. Something about your life is changing. Something, Tito's like, I'm out. I'm going. (laughs) Uncomfortable already. Uh, Something about your life is changing. And listen, I don't just mean moving from summer to fall. I'm not talking about leaving behind the icy refreshers for the pumpkin spice lattes. I am not talking about we're moving from cub season to bear season. My intuition, my intuition is that we are all navigating our way through some kind of transition. Somehow your life is changing. And I don't know what it is specifically to you, but I could make some guesses. I bet something is changing in your relational world. I bet something is changing in your work. I bet something is changing in your body. Here's how I know this. Every day you're one day older. (laughs) Something's changing in your finances. And when things change, when things change, when you find yourself in a season of transition, when some aspect of your life is different from what it once looked like, I wonder, are you the kind of person that clings to comfort or do you charge towards courage? And so much, so much of where you will go in this life is formed in whether or not you hold on or choose to let go. 
And I want to look at a moment. I want to look at a moment that Jesus had when he called his first disciples to follow him. And I I want you to put yourself in the story today. Okay, remember, this message is for you. So I want you to put yourself in the story because the story we're going to look at, it's a story all about change. It's a story about a big transition and how one decision changed everything. Okay, so if you're here in the room, I want you to grab the Soul City Bible. We're going to look at Luke 5, 1 through 11. It's found on page 835. If you got the Soul City Bible here in the room, 835, Luke 5. Those of you listening to the podcast later, you can open up uh, another tab on your phone. Those of you that are watching online, open up another tab. A little bit of context about this moment. This is at the very beginning of Jesus's ministry. He was the new guy that everyone was talking about. He was still, he was still a one-man band, okay? There's no followers yet. There's no disciples. And this is the day the team was formed. Last week, we looked at the calling of Matthew. This is the calling of some fishermen, okay? So Luke 5, 1, Jesus calls his first disciples. Okay, let's read along with this, right? One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge, there were two boats. They were left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. Jesus got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and he asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. Okay, now listen. Remember, who's this message for? This message is for you, okay, right? So I want you to picture yourself you're in the boat, okay? Picture yourself, you're in the boat. I want you to see yourself as a fisherman. You are on the boat that Jesus chose. Imagine for just a minute, maybe you're Simon, okay? You're Simon in this story, and you've just brought your boat to shore, and it says that you're washing out your net. So, so most likely, you're at the end of your shift, right? You're, you're hoping that, you know, the cleanup goes quick. You can get out of here as soon as possible. You can go grab something to eat. And this new up-and-coming influencer walks up and gets on your boat, Right? Now, it says that the crowds were getting really big, and, 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 and Jesus says, listen, I, I can't just give my message from here. There's too many people. I need to get on your boat because this looks like the perfect pulpit. Now, I want you to tell the truth. Tell the truth. If you are minutes away from going home from work, are you excited Are you excited about having to push your boat back out into the water? No, you are not. Even if it's Jesus, okay? You are not. You are not. So you're probably a little annoyed. You're even like reluctant to push the boat back out. And Jesus, this, you know, new influencer in town, he just kind of sits down in your boat and he starts speaking. Verse four, it says, "When, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, oh, master, see, 
See, you, you might not know this, but we, we've worked all night, and, and we haven't caught anything. But, <laughs> but because you say so, because you say so, Jesus, I'll let down the nets. Now, we don't know. We don't know how long Jesus spoke. Maybe it was a short sermon. Maybe, maybe it wasn't. We don't even know what he said. But you finally see this is that moment. This is that moment, right, where you see the guy that plays the keys. He gets up in your boat. This guy, he's, he's got a keyboard with him. You don't know why he has a keyboard with him, but, but he sits down at his keys and he starts playing, right? Because you know this is the end of the sermon, right? This is, this is that good moment, right? Oh, Jesus is wrapping it up. He's wrapping it up, right? Remember, you're in the boat. You're in the boat, right? Stay in the boat. This message is for you, right? You're in the boat, right? And and you're looking at your watch and you're like, oh yes, hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm about to go to brunch. They're gonna wrap this up. I'm gonna get out of here, right? Because you know, you know Jesus had a Julian. Come on. Jesus had a Julian, right? And I know you know. I know you know every time he comes up. Every time you're like, okay, this is the cue. They're getting done. They're getting done. Thank you, Julian. Thank you, Julian. Yes, bless you. And this is that moment, right? <laughs> and Jesus interrupts, interrupts Julian and says, nope, let's go out deeper. Let's go out deeper. And what does Simon say? What does Simon say? Oh, master, listen, you might not know this. We already know this. I'm here to inform you. There's no fish out there. There's no fish out there. You know what he wants to say. He he wants to say, Lord, with all due respect, we don't want to go back out there. Maybe you miss the part. You miss the part where we we were cleaning out our nets. And then Simon says a very important word, (laughs) but Simon throws out a conjunction. (laughs) If you remember a conjunction, a conjunction is used to connect two contrasting or conflicting ideas. Simon says, I want to be done fishing, but I'll push out a bit further. Verse 6, when they had done so, when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and to help them. And they came and they filled both boats so full that it began to sink. Now remember, remember, you're on the boat, right? (laughs) Minutes ago, you were tired, you were hungry, you wanted to go home, but now you just had a catch that could change your business for days. Now the energy is surging all around you. Everybody is doing whatever they can do to get these fish back into the boats so that it doesn't sink. Look at verse 8. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees. He fell at Jesus' knees. And he said, Lord, Lord, I am sinful. 
I am a sinful man. And he and all his companions, they were just so astonished at this supernatural catch of fish that they had just taken. John, James, the son of Zebedee, Simon's partner, they were just overwhelmed with this moment. And as everyone else was high-fiving and pulling in the fish, we can see in verse 8 that Simon Peter, he knew something else was going on in that moment. This wasn't about catching fish. Because minutes earlier, he was clinging to comfort. He didn't want to do what Jesus asked him to do. And now he knows. If he lets go of comfort, everything about his life could change. And I know, I know you've had those moments because I have had those moments where you know that you are on the doorstep of transition. Something is changing, and there are two parts of you. The part that wants everything to just stay the same, and the part that knows it's time for change. And everything in you, everything in you knows comfort is what you want, but courage is what you need. Comfort is what you want. It's true. It's what you want. But you know, courage is what you need. And this is just a fundamental human reality. We love comfort, don't we? We want it. We crave it. We try to hold on to it. But courage is what we need. And you know, I've read this story so many times. Do you know what I never noticed? This is the only moment in the story where Luke, the writer of the gospel, actually refers to Simon as Simon Peter. He refers to him with his current name and his future name. Every other moment, every other moment in the story, he's just Simon. But in verse 8, when he falls to his knees, it's Simon Peter. And he had two names. But I also wonder if this is the representation that there are two opposing parts in all of us. We all have a conjunction that lives in us. There is a Simon in you, the one that wants to hold on to comfort, and there's a Peter in you, the courageous one. That Jesus will eventually say, it's on you. It's on you, Peter. You're the rock, and you're the one that I'm going to build my church on. Friends, there's a Simon in you, and there's a Peter in you. And I know that because there is a Simon in me, and there's a Peter in me. You know, at the start of the pandemic, uh, when we were all staying home, uh, our daughter Gigi was at, she was in sixth grade at the time. And I'll never forget when, uh, when we realized COVID was not going to go away in a few weeks. Gigi realized that she was going to finish out her year, her sixth grade year, in a little rectangle Zoom box, right? And she said, hey, mom and dad, um, can I get a comfy? And we were like, what's, what's a comfy? And she's like, oh, well, let me show you a picture. Um, and, she, and, and so she showed us a picture of, of a comfy. And uh, th- this is what a comfy is, okay? This is what a comfy is. And she said, if I, if I have to be home 
all day, I might as well be comfortable. And I was like, God, I love you, you are my daughter. Like, every day, all day, I will choose yoga pants, right? Every day, all day, I will always put on the slippers, right? And so we got her the comfy, right? Uh, We got her the comfy. Now, we started with a pink one, and she wore it so much that we had to get a second one. So now we have a blue one. Um, And listen, our girl knows how to rock the comfy. Now, I'm going to do a quick little costume change for you here so that you can just get a sense about how good, how good the comfy is, okay? Right? You're feeling it, aren't you? You're feeling it. This is good. This is really good, right? I mean, what's not to love? What, what is not to love? Why don't we always preach in comfies? Why don't you always come to church in a comfy? I know this is what you were wearing when you were at home watching online, right? Those of you watching online, do you got your comfy on right now, right? But here's the thing. She's a freshman now, okay? Can you imagine if she was still wearing this to school? So much of what was difficult during that season is that I think all of us, we reverted quickly back to what is comfortable. And we needed it, right? We needed comfort because it was challenging. But we're not meant to stay in comfort. Comfort gives something to you, but courage takes something of you. Comfort gives something to you. I mean, this this is comfy, but the Christian life is not a comfy life. The Christian life is not a comfy life. Listen, I wish it was. This is comfortable and hot. Um, (laughs) But this is not, this is not how we are meant to live. Courage takes something of you. It takes something of you. And we... (laughs) Costume change. We have to be willing... Probably not good to put it in the exercise box. (laughs) Or marriage, or dating, or work. Just place it back there. We have to be willing. We have to be willing to put comfort where it belongs. And you can see it in the story with Jesus and Simon, after Simon got down on his knees, verse 10, it says, then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, Simon. Because from now on, you're going to fish for people. You're going to fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on the shore. They left everything and followed him. Remember, Just moments earlier, Simon wanted to go back to what was predictable and safe. Simon wanted his comfy. But everything changed out on that boat. 
And I think he fell to his knees because he knew, he knew that he could never return to comfort. And that's why Jesus said, don't be afraid because now you're going to fish for people, Simon Peter. And what did he do? In that moment, he pulled his boat to the shore and he walked away from it for the very last time. You know, this section of scripture is titled, Jesus Calls His First Disciples. This is what it looks like to be a disciple of Jesus. It's uncomfortable. To be a disciple of Jesus is uncomfortable. It calls us to courage, and courage takes something of you, and it only grows when it's used. And here is why this message is for you. I know something about your life has changed in the last two and a half years. True? Something about your life has changed. My guess is there's an area of your life, there is an area of your life where you have probably gotten comfortable. And you know, most of the time when I teach, um, when, I'm, when I'm asked to open God's word, I often sit down and say, God, would you, would you please fill me with exactly what it is that you want to say? I don't want my words to get mixed in with what it is that you want to say. And God, would you give me grace? Would you give me wisdom? Would you give me gentleness? Would you give me challenge? And yet all week long, I was wrestling with God over this message because I felt so convicted to say to you and to say to me with zero flowery language, you have gotten comfortable. And I have gotten comfortable. And I want to make sure I'm clear. Comfort is not bad. But the only part of the Christian life that is comfortable is when the great comforter, Jesus, brings you comfort. I have combed this book. I can't find one verse that says, come and follow me and I will give you a comfortable life. And some of us are trying so hard We're so hard. We're trying so hard to find that verse. And and we're trying so hard to to make all these boxes work and fit and make room in our lives for all of the demands and the commitments and the things. And and when we're done, when we're done doing all the things, we're like, oh my gosh, I'm exhausted. All I want is comfort. And I wonder, I just wonder, has all of this, has church just become Another box that you're trying to make room for in your life. Has serving and using your gifts become something that you want to do, but you have no more room in your life? You know what I love about this this moment in scripture is is Jesus sees that, that Simon is already good at something. And he says, Simon, you don't need to be afraid. It's not like I'm going to ask you to do something that you don't know how to do. It's not like I'm going to ask you to do something that you're not already good at. All these years, you've been a fisherman. Guess what you're going to do now? You're just going to fish for people. You're just going to fish for people. Simon's natural gift, fishing. Jesus made it supernatural. He made it supernatural. And what's so beautiful is Jesus took 
Jesus took what they naturally knew, fishing, and he somehow made it supernaturally new. Jesus took what all those fishermen naturally knew, and he made it supernaturally new. And when you let go of the idea that the Christian life is like a comfy, we start to experience what Simon Peter began to understand on that boat so many years ago, that the sacrificial surrender of Jesus invites us into sacrificial service. Because when Peter dropped his net and he followed, he had no idea. He had no idea what he was about to experience. He had no idea he was joining the first team, right? He didn't know that he was one of the first of the 12 disciples. He didn't know he was going to do miracles. He didn't know that he was about to find his purpose. That he would watch his friend and teacher be crucified that he would be there on the third day when he rose again, that he would one day start the very first church. That he would experience the coming of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. And then one day, years later, he would write these words. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. Peter wrote those words. Peter wrote those words. And I just got to, you know, I mean, my imagination always runs around, right? I asked you to imagine yourself in the boat. I imagine Peter writing that years later. And I imagine him sitting at his first century laptop. (laughs) Picturing himself out in that deep water with Jesus. That moment when he dropped his nets. You know, a few weeks ago, um, Andrea, our Soul City family pastor, uh, she put out an early SOS uh, that uh, a bunch of our volunteers in the babies and toddlers room, just for various reasons, weren't able to come that morning. And she needed some help. And I didn't have any responsibilities in here uh, that morning. And so I, you know, shot her a text back and said, I'm, I'm happy to come. I can, I can hold some little ones during the 9 a.m. service. And I got over there and we started receiving all those little cuties, right? And I'm in there with all the other volunteers. And I met this new volunteer, Nicole, uh, who was also serving. And we started chatting and getting to know one another while we're playing with all the littles and, and reading the books and, and offering them the puffs, the puffs are critical, <laughs> critical over there. Um, and we had this little guy, and we had this little guy in there, and he just decided he was done. He was not having it anymore. Uh, he was over our stories. He was not interested in all the fun toys, and he let us know. And this poor little guy, he just started crying and crying and crying, and so I kind of scooped him up, and, and I'm trying all my old tricks, right, to, to comfort him and to soothe him. It was not working. He was uninterested in me. And so Nicole, Nicole said, hey, do you want me to try? And I was like, oh, yes, please, please. <laughs> and for the remainder of the service... Nicole just held him. She loved on him. She rocked him. She sang him songs. And I watched, I watched as Nicole served a family that she'd never met before. 
She served a family she'd never met before because my hunch is that she knew that someone at some point had served her. And what I saw in Nicole was not just a woman holding a baby. I saw a disciple of Jesus. And here's why this message is for you. Jesus gave his life for you so you could live your life for others. That is, that is what a transforming follower of Jesus looks like. They live their life for others. And I know, I know God has poured something into you that is meant to come out of you. I know it. I know it. He's put something in you. He's put something in you, and it is meant to come out of you. You know, when you walked in here today, you walked past our our little serving showcase downstairs. We are unapologetic about it today. And you saw the the serving showcase experience where, where you can see all the different ways that you can use what you're naturally good at, what you're naturally good at to serve others. And I want to ask you to do the thing that Jesus made you to do, to serve, to serve, to hold a door, to pour some coffee, to put on a brave vest and direct some people to where to park, to hold some babies, to love on some students, to join a team with Love Works or with the House of Hope, to sit at an alpha table, to take your culinary skills and create meals for our serving teams, to play in the band if you know how to string, you know, yourself through a guitar. If you don't, maybe not. But I just want to say to you today, please forgive us if we have made all of this too comfortable for you. When God invited Jarrett and I to start this church, this was not the whisper of the Holy Spirit. Go start a church so people can live really comfortable Christian lives. That's not what the Holy Spirit said. And forgive us. Forgive forgive us if we have made this all too comfortable. We started this church so you would experience transformation. And here's what I know about transformation. Transformation in my life has never once been comfortable. Ever. Who said ever? Yes. Ever. Thank you, Zoe. It's never once. I keep asking for it to be. But God has put something in you. God has put something in you, and you are meant to pour it out. When God fills you up, when he, when he puts something in you, it is for the purpose of others. And I know God has given you something. And I just want to say to you, God fills you up to pour you out. And he's put something in you, something unique, something special, something from God that he wants to do through you. Something supernatural. Something supernatural. Peter didn't catch any fish until Jesus entered onto the scene. And then he didn't wait. He didn't get everything sorted out first before he started to be a disciple of Jesus. He didn't wait until everything worked out just so perfectly in his life. 
the person that God has called you to be is directly connected to the courage you choose today. And that's what we see in the life of Peter. And that's why this message is for you. And I actually don't know what it is. I don't know what God is inviting you into, but I do know this. He's inviting you to take a step of courage. And God has filled you up with something so that you can pour it out. And friends, that's when we see the supernatural. That's when we see the supernatural. And I believe that's what God is calling you to do today. I believe that's what God is calling me to do today. So I want to invite you to stand. And as we pray, I just want to invite you to open up your hands. And Jesus, we trust. We trust that you, you don't just put things in us to stay in us. You put things in us to be poured out. And Holy Spirit, I believe that you, right now, right now in this room, anyone watching online, anyone listening to this later, is hearing some of the places, God, where they have gotten comfortable. And you're reminding them. You're reminding them of what you've put in them. So Jesus, I pray supernatural courage, supernatural courage to trust that what you've put in us is meant to come out of us. Jesus, we love you. We love you. We want to be your disciples. We want our lives to reflect your love in this world. We trust you. We're surrendered to you. And we pray all of this in your name. Amen.